Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. is out there in here who knows but either way we are opening up the bloom files here on post show recaps and x files rewatch slash first watch podcast colon child trauma edition <laughs> truly in two very special episodes of the x files we all get a little messed up if you're a parent of don't spe- listen of especially a young child this was not a week for you to watch the x files it was not it truly was not it was a little rough and not to spoiler our coverage of the witcher either but like really just not a, a fantastic not a seven days sometimes the stars align and bring you good fortune and sometimes they bring you the exact opposite we, we sort of were uh, given the opposite of that yeah, this week for sure so we're talking two episodes the i guess fourth to last and third to last episodes of the x-files in its first run season nine episode 16 william and season nine episode 17 a release yeah so william written by david duchovny written so written by david duchovny not directed by david duchovny mm, maybe it was both i think it was both and cameoing David Duchovny in, in your eyeball, in Scully's eyeball. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, cameoing, cam- cameoing, cameoing, camelbacking, camelbacking someone else, someone who else. We think is David Duchovny, but isn't. So at this point, it's assumed that they knew 
things were ending, right? At this point, yes. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, like, this as is... As far as I'm aware. This is definitely, to me, those season seven vibes yeah. where they thought they were initially going to end. So they're like, okay, we'll kill off the syndicate. We'll yes. do all these things. Well, and I think also they're bringing back... I think the whole season was kind of set up to be their last season. I don't think... I think maybe they thought it would go on, but I think pretty early on they knew that it wasn't going to. So, you know, when they're writing it, I mean, they're writing the truth as the finale. You mm-hmm. know, like, they know that's going to be the end. I mean the end not really yeah, i know but- you really are setting me up for next week when i'm just like there are no questions answered yeah uh at least you're you're setting me up well for well, that yes but then also we did have 10 and 11 which do answer you know at least put some some periods at the end of some sentences so <laughs> and leave other ones just open-ended yes <laughs> so yeah i can imagine then and this is also you know i believe jump the shark came right before this right so yeah it, with these three episodes they're definitely saying okay let's let's tie up some loose ends here let's get let's finish but some also things. let's like maybe like it reintroduce the character of Mulder in a little bit more of a real way at this point you know I <laughs> sort of I mean sort they're, of but they're like, we're getting into William it's you know he yeah. exists in there but he does not exist in there right um but yeah this is a great 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 two episodes <laughs> fun fun is the way I would describe it yeah really light I mean, humor the first so I've totally forgot about the second one that we watched so like it was I mean, I remembered the general idea, but it was kind of a bit more heart wrenching than I remembered. But this one, I remembered every second of. It was yeah. just like I mean, listen. With no offense to the late Luke Doggett, uh, William was the much not worse in terms of quality, but like yeah. much more gutting for me. Well, yeah, and I don't think that for me, I knew what was coming. But I every time I watch it, I'm like, oh man, this sucks. I mean, does it help or hurt? that the cold open sort of does like a media res thing where we sort of start at the end, right? A William getting given away and adopted. And now we uh, have to spend the entire episode you know being what? like, I think how do we get there? I think it hurts because I think that the entire episode, you're set up to believe that maybe she won't give him up. You know, like maybe that was like, it's not going to happen. Something's going to change. So you're like waiting this entire episode for that ending. And it's kind of a little too anticipatory for my liking. Yeah. I mean, that is a good point. I think certainly some people are appreciate the art form of like, how did we get here? But but I think it is such an, a visceral outcome that there is something sort of hanging above your head. Yeah, Like you're like, why does she do this? Why does she do this? And it makes you not pay attention to the rest of the stuff, which is like a little bit more convoluted, especially the stuff with um, what, who we will find out to be, um what's his name jeffrey, jeffrey spender. spender i was gonna call him spencer who am i jeffrey spencer <laughs> so get jeffrey, in here jeffrey spender and you know that's also a whole nother thing because he died <laughs> i mean apparently <laughs> but i guess the cigarette smoking man who as spencer points out in one of his emails this week did indeed assassinate yes. jfk and martin luther king jr Apparently was not able to kill his son at point blank range. Correct. Um, and then his son was abducted and experimented on. And I don't know. It's... And then also became friends with Mulder, despite the fact that he like hated Mulder's guts when they were I don't think on he the was, show together. I don't think he was actually friends with Mulder. I think yeah, that was... exactly. No, he, yeah. he didn't like Mulder. No, but I think in this, like, I don't think. Yeah, but like he was working with Mulder. I don't necessarily think he you was. Think he was lying the whole time. Yes, because he he says that he's come back for an X-File, but she points out that. Mulder would have known that she kept those X-Files in her house. I don't know. I I personally subscribe to the theory that, like, he was, after everything that happened, he was bitter at his dad and, like, as a form of revenge, you know, makes strange bedfellows of it, of us all, went to Mulder and no, Mulder came he, off. you're wrong. I'm wrong? Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. 
and uh, we'll see who's right. Okay. Well, considering the fact that you just told me you're wrong. No, he's wrong. It was all a ruse, and the whole ruse was to get the syringe into William to make sure that he was like you know, antidoted against being an alien. So he's just like a human train from that previous episode of just this near miss, this opportunity that we thought was actually coming, but never was going to happen. What, the Mulder stuff? Yeah, yeah of course, 100%. Wow. <laughs> My God. Season 9 of the X-Files, man. All right, well, let's 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 just start like... I mean, that's how I think it... Ha- I, maybe there's somebody out there that knows different, but that's as or far the as... truth. Yeah, no, I um, think that is the truth. Well, let's just start the slow process of ripping our hearts out here as we open on... Little House on the Prairie, 2001 edition. Yes. Uh, there's like this, you know, plain couple, uh, you know, the... The, the Vandekamps. The Vandekamps. Wow. Mm-hmm. Vandekamps. Is Emily related? She's not. You know that actress? Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah, I've heard her name before. I don't think I'm <laughs> no, like, no, a why? big fan of her, but I thought she's you were the, from Revenge. Yeah, I thought you were the biggest fan of Revenge. I watched like the first season, but... How was it? Uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Should we cover that next? No. <laughs> okay, all right. So we will not do the So Revenge yeah, we five. see this We see this couple and they're like talking about how like, oh, are you sure? Like, why would somebody give up their child? Like so the mom is strangers. really nervous. And, and you know, the guy's like, oh, it's God's will. Yes, very much so middle America. Like, we got this child yeah. because it was meant to be. I'm pretty sure the bison is supposed to mean that I think they're from Wyoming. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, um, but you know. But it turns out that, you know, this lady arrives like, oh, yeah, here's your baby. It came from a single mother. And, uh, you know, I thought for a second, like, the, it got me and then it got me again. Because mm-hmm. when I saw the lady give the baby, you know, have the baby, I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was Scully for a second. But it is because the kid is William. Yes, correct. <laughs> I know you thought that looked like Scully, and I don't think she did it. Well, all, I thought but... that Scully herself would be there, though. I think, and no, the more not... I think about it, the more I feel just, just like that makes it so much worse. Yeah, that's also like not legal. Like she basically puts her child up for adoption in a very legal way. She doesn't oh, just gotcha. give it away. She, she doesn't. She, she doesn't goes o- through an agency. Ring the old doorbell on the Abbey with the note pinned no. to the baby's basket. <laughs> no, it's clearly through an agency because those two people that came are from the agency. Yeah. You know, so she went through the proper channels. Let's Let's just say that. All right. Well, let's go back. It's been one week uh-huh. uh, where we hear Scully singing Joy to the World. I know. It's so cute. It's and she really takes cute. Baby William out of the car and he's wearing the same hat. His little cute little weird hat. It's a really weird hat. I like it. I think it's so unique. It's very. It makes his head like, tw- it looks like it's like the Pope's hat. I think it's so cute. It's like little bunny ears. <laughs> yeah, well, he's supposed to be the alien Pope, right? Yes. In a manner of speaking. Yeah. So I guess it's it's apropos. Um, but basically... Scully is being watched by some shadowy figure mm-hmm. and this shadowy figure will eventually make his way to the X-Files office yeah. where like Doggett was on his way out. Forgot his keys, went back in and, and is attacked. <laughs> he just kicks the snot out of Doggett. Uh, but Doggett is able to, to rally and yeah. get the guy held at gunpoint. Yeah. And he, he reveals his face and it's like super scarred and like disfigured. Yes. So his name is supposedly, quote unquote, Miller. Yes. Uh, and he talks about how, you know, I know Scully and I'm afraid I'm a victim of the alien conspiracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people wonder, wait a minute, how did this guy get into the FBI so easily? He's not a lone gunman. Well, he was given a key card by Molda. Yeah. So he has a, a key card for Molder. Who knows how he got this? But yeah, if, um, we're, if, we're, if we're going with your your big ruse theory, I mean, if he was Jeffrey Spender, like he was a former member of the FBI, he was, and he probably has like access to stuff, and he probably stole it. But <laughs> all, yeah, all le- legitimate theories behind it. Yeah. So basically, he meets up with with Doggett and Scully, and he basically he says that his burns are due to alien testing, mm-hmm. and that he knows Fox Mulder. Yep. And so he basically, in this moment, he claims to go to Scully to like 
have her investigate his burns. Well, first he says that he was he was in the FBI because he was sent there by Mulder for, to retrieve certain files. Mm-hmm. And Scully's like, I think this guy's lying. I want to see what his physical deal is. And we should mention here that Miller has, uh, you know, he's covered up most of his body, but he actually has a facial prosthetic. And, yes. You know, they take it Very off a couple intense. times and, ooh, that's rough. There's yeah. a, like, part of, part of his nose is missing. Uh-huh. This is what I always imagined book Tyrion Lannister looks like after yeah. uh, the Battle of Blackwater instead yeah. of just the little scar that he gets on Game of Thrones. But Peter Dinklage is too pretty to cover his face. He is a beautiful man. Uh, everyone go see Cyrano in theaters. It looks really good. But I don't know. Maybe, should we, well, maybe we'll go see it. On a date? Yeah, we could go on a date to see Or Cyrano. should we bring our two-year-old? Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I think you'd love Cyrano, personally. I don't think so. It's not Blaze and the Monster Machine. It is a musical. I guess so, but... Uh, So Miller's going to reveal here, like, we'll get the actual footage, quote unquote, later, but he says that his burns were caused by an injection. So it's like burning him from the inside out, Yeah, which is like, I don't know how that works, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's just like, maybe it made his blood boil and that made his skin boil, you know, like cooking a a chicken. Yeah, I think that he, he also says that the injection was meant to transform him into a super soldier and then it failed. And that's Which why he looks like, that way. I, uh, I don't know. You know, why did it fail? <laughs> why did it work so I don't well think for we're other gonna people? Know. <laughs> we're just not going to know. So I don't know. Maybe something with his genes or whatever. But but Doggett's big theory here is that he says, listen, the the well, I've, this guy Miller's clearly lying. It's not that he's working with Mulder. He is Mulder. Yeah, which is a little wild. Um, I mean, I think I said at this point, like, do you know who it is? Do you recognize him? And the reason I said that is because Chris Owens played the great Mutado. Yes. In Postmodern Prometheus. And he's basically using the same voice here. <laughs> that like rust, rusty sort of like, like a little bit raspy voice. Um and it sounds super similar to what he did in The Great Mutato. So yeah, I, I mean, was like, he's, you know, not a man of a thousand voices. No. So that does make sense. But no, it was quite a while ago that we talked about that. So I had no, no memory didn't. of the yeah. voice that he used. Yeah. So uh, Scully is now going to sort of approach Miller in a different way, right? Yeah. Like she she denies this theory, but it's living rent free in her head yeah. at this point. Yeah. She's like, this isn't Mulder. Um, he, this guy is also saying that there's a new conspiracy uh, that has formed after the old one with the syndicate is gone. Like, yeah, basically, like the alien conspiracy led to an actual government conspiracy, yes. and everything's awful, basically. And this is the scene where Scully just imagines Mulder saying Miller's lines, mm-hmm. and then there's that awkward shot. We get in a little bit of Mulder being in the eyeball. Yeah, which is the first time he's appeared. He's back, baby. Yeah. So you just had David to come and he's like, just swing around the camera for a second. Like, I'll film my one line and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, so she's going to take him home, which is a a risk. I mean, they're all going to go, I guess. I mean, how many times does Scully just let random people? Remember that that Uh, that random mother from a couple episodes ago? Yeah. And she also, so she brings Reyes and Doggett with her. And Reyes is like basically her nanny at this point. Yeah. Reyes (laughs) Reyes is like, as much as we talked about Doggett being like a solid dude in season eight, that's sort of been replaced by Monica Reyes is in season yeah she's she's, a really good come with girl yeah she's a really good friend she's always there taking care of her baby so Um, this is where scully shows miller basically because miller like you said had had infiltrated the x-files to get certain folders yes these files and she figured 
Well, it's clearly not Mulder because Mulder and I had spoken about the fact that we had already taken these files out of the office. Yeah, so she she tells Doggett and Reyes that and she's just like, that's why it's not Mulder. And, and I think that's a fair theory. You know, like, the, why would he send somebody somewhere that wasn't where he knew the files were? Right, unless, you know, again, which is going to be the supposition later on that mm-hmm. this is like 3D chess of like, ah, but I knew that you knew where they were. So that's why I pretended to fake it. Basically, the entire mystery of this episode is, is this Mulder under prosthetics or not? Right. And I mean, we know it's not. So it's like in retrospect, hard to even think that it would be. But um, yeah, anyway, there's this one point during this scene where like William begins to cry and the scarred man basically picks him up. Yeah. And he calmed. And that's what makes Scully go, hmm. Yeah. But when, it's like he's a baby. And he's also like he finds she finds him like lording over William and he just, you know, creepily ruminates. Right. Being like uh, Mulder talked about how much he mm-hmm. missed him. Mulder's in terrible pain. Yeah, it's just all a little creepy, but I also think it's like wild for Scully to think, oh, well, I guess it might be Mulder because the baby calmed down. It's like Mulder was not around long enough to be a presence in this baby's life. Exactly. And it's <laughs> not like you have to. Yeah, be yeah you like, don't have to be a blood relative to yeah. like calm a baby oh, no, down. A baby will like it's like a dog. It will sense the the, the familial connection. and will naturally I mean, sometimes that is true, especially with mothers like babies sometimes don't want anyone to hold them but their mother. But at the same time, but I, this baby clearly has been held no, by many people. William's not colicky either. Like, I think. No, even non-colicky babies, they have an attachment. But like. Some babies are chill. Some babies are not. William is chill. Like, yeah. he lets anybody hold him. He lets people just he take also him away. He may be deaf because he may of be all, deaf. all the explosions that occurred around him. <laughs> yeah, he may be deaf. We all, we should also mention here, so Skinner is going to do a DNA test. Turns out he's 100% that bitch. And by that bitch, I mean matching Mulder's DNA. <laughs> yeah. But the physiology has, like, changed within him, which I guess flags this idea, again, of the semi-lethal injection right so uh, basically skinner is meets with doggett and is like hey i think doggett's like this is Mulder." and skinner's like here's some inconsistencies that we got from the medical report but orders the dna and then it does come back um you know that he is Mulder. but scully's basically told by this man also that william is part alien and she's being used to like raise the child and like rear him as like the messiah basically and so despite doggett coming to her with this information Scully is still in denial that, I mean, again, it's not denial because it eventually is proven true. <laughs> yeah. She still refuses to believe, I should say, that this is Mulder. And they- Which I think is actually pretty, pretty like, uh, what am I trying to say? That she's grown in that respect. Because I think in the past, if somebody showed you DNA results and it was Scully, she'd be like, no, they're DNA results. Like, they're 100% true. Like, you know, but I think with her time on the X-Files and with it being Mulder that she has really come to believe that the truth is, is more convoluted than what paper says. And see, that's interesting to me because I think her attitude here is actually a callback to sort of OG Dana Scully and that she really was the skeptic starting off. And while I do agree that like keeping Scully her- was not the skeptic. Scully was absolutely the skeptic. Oh, the skeptic about the stuff. Yeah, yeah. but she was never a skeptic about science. No, but yeah, it's a good point about that. But I would just say in general, this idea yeah. that like she's being presented with this this theory and she's yeah. refusing it does seem very OG Scully, right. which I enjoy as well. It's, yeah. it's again, it's that thing of she has not- She doesn't compl- fall for it. Yeah, she's not completely flipped the script. So- you know, they're sort of trying to keep a watch on him, but they're doing a pretty awful they're job. They're doing a terrible job. First of all, if they think this is Mulder, why aren't they going immediately up to him and questioning him and like yep. really diving deep? Secondly, lock this guy in a room. Why are they letting him wander around their house? Yep. And why isn't William with them? Like, I don't know. It's all really bad mothering, in my opinion. And it allows Miller to sneak into 
William's room yeah. and inject him with what we'll find out later is essentially like a power nullifying vaccine, essentially. Yeah, it's called magnetite. Um, you know, and I, I guess that's something that's going to make him normal. I don't know if you remember that the... Well, yeah, was that the, the, yeah. the thing that happened with John Locke yes. a few episodes ago? Yes. It was the magnetite? Yeah, and it like neutralizes the alien DNA, but... Um, yeah, the, the, he, they come in and he's crying and he's, the guy's able to escape, but, um, he, he's like able to slip out of the room, but it's, it's not great. Uh, you noted here actually that it seems like Scully has co-opted Mulder's fish tank. She has. And complete with like the little UFO bobber. In the yeah. That's she a nice took effect. A, she's taking care of his fish for him. Yeah. He walked out, butt double and all. And she's like, all right, I guess I'll feed your fish and take care of your son. Yeah, really? Uh, not a fun thing to watch. Again, from a parent of a young child's perspective, a good old pediatric ER scene. Yeah, uh, really tough. So she basically takes William to the the ER pretty quickly because like there's blood on his head. She knows he's been injected with yeah, something. With something. That's the real bad part is that she yeah, doesn't know. Yeah, and he's what. screaming. He's crying. But yeah. I think that he's crying because first of all, he got a needle. It hurts. But second of all, it's pretty scary what's going on everyone's kind of freaking out Mm -hmm. they take their cues from us they say um but yeah the doctor basically says like william's fine except for like a little bit more iron in his blood Ah. and it's like (laughs) why did you say ah because the magnetite oh yeah i guess but like that's not a big deal like medically speaking so she's like there's nothing wrong with him we should also point out here that finally after nine seasons it feels like someone finally slap back a little bit checked Dana Scully's resume, <laughs> yeah. right? Where she says like, "I'm a medical doctor," and, and they're t- like, "Okay, so you should know to back the f off." Yeah, like I, I'm surprised, and I'm sure we skipped over episodes where this happened, but I'm surprised it's taken this long for her to sort of be. No, this has happened before, but I think this is a unique scenario where she's the mother. Mm-hmm. I think in all the other ones, it's like as an FBI agent, it is sort of hard to like justify somebody saying you don't get access like it's like she's family at this point so yeah. she should know as a medical doctor that you're not gonna be able to come with them because you're you could your emotions will affect things they need to look at things through an objective lens so uh, scully is obviously even though she's like, po'd yeah even though things have decelerated she mad and so she is going to you know miller has been taken in now obviously doggett ends up you know, shoving him up against a wall and finding the needle. And Scully just digs into this dude, right? She says he's the perfect expression of all that is vile and hateful in life. Yeah, but I mean, okay, fair. But he did just, like, put a needle in your baby's head. Um, But I also think that's a little OTT. (laughs) Just a smidge, but again. It's uh, not like he... um, This is why she wasn't allowed in, you know, in the Exactly, yeah. I mean, if somebody did that to my son, I would say the same thing. Exactly, you know, objectively speaking, I don't know, vile and hateful in the world is probably not accurate. So remind me, is she the one who makes like the 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 admittance of mm-hmm. who he really is? Yeah. So she confronts him about his motives and he basically tells her like, um, you know, who he is through like some convoluted ways like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't notice me. Like, um, you know, it didn't stick when my father shot me. Like yeah. a lot of like tying the pieces together yeah, and because scully kind of does the hercule poirot a bit right like mm-hmm. oh that bullet that was meant to kill you yeah and then she he's also like well my half brother molder and then it's like okay well obviously it's spender but yeah um he also basically tells her that like everything he did was a ruse and that the syringe contained magnetite magnetite oh you're right make- yep no you're tur- now let's go rewind 20 minutes shut up mike from 20 minutes ago Thank you're totally God. right because in my notes it says spender hasn't even seen molder 
Yes. <laughs> you weren't paying attention. Um, I, I was. I just didn't remember no, no, this it's a lot. one it's note a lot. I wrote down. Yeah. So he, he basically says like he has had no contact with Mulder, which I think guts Scully a little bit because she in every episode up until now has been just like grasping at straws to see this guy again. Um, but basically he says, you know, that everybody in the conspiracy people are always going to come after the child. Yep. Um, and they're also always going to come after him even now, despite what he's done Yep. because he represents something that, you know, is, is paramount to their plans. So she's basically being told there's nothing you can do to protect your son. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about the return of Jeffrey Spender here. So we spoke about how, again, odd it is that seemingly he was guaranteed dead. <laughs> yep. this, this wasn't like when Cigarette Smoky Man was shot and you could feasibly say, okay, he ends up surviving and living in Canada. Yeah. Just, wild that they end up bringing him back and to have him be like the straw that broke the camel's back for scully it's a I little find odd yeah, i mean i, I guess would, he... i wish it would have been more of a personal character you know well i guess for her it is a personal character because it is really t- it's basically a, a representation of molder than anything you know it's like he's not he's not molder but he's been pretending to be super tied to molder so it is very mm-hmm. emotional for her but um also yeah. i'm gonna be mr liberal arts here who knows nothing about science does this DNA thing check out? Of what? like, oh, the DNA matched because he's his half brother. Yeah, it it can be very similar. Okay. So like, if you're trying to match somebody's DNA and you take a DNA sample and like there are there are probably like, I mean, Liana can tell us better than anyone, but yeah. um, there are probably um like percentages to how much match it can be. It's like remember that episode Emily mm-hmm. where it it basically showed that Scully was her mother, but originally they thought it was Melissa because of how similar the DNA was Right. until Scully got a, a DNA test mm. because she matched it with Melissa's and it was like, I don't know, like a 90% match. And for that to be, you know, I don't think it's like an exact science. Yeah. Now I'm thinking back because I'm, I'm actually pretty sure it wasn't that one of the smoking guns in like the OJ Simpson trial as yeah. well, right? That it was like, oh, it, it couldn't, it might not have been him. It might've been another member of the Simpson right, family. Right, exactly. So I think it's like, it's fair to say that it would have been a very close match. So Scully is sort of talking through her decision, right? She talks about how basically she brought this kid into the world where like mm-hmm. he couldn't make a choice about what he got involved in. And she has a choice right now. To make sure he grows up in a world where he'll never be afraid. Yeah. And then... This is tough. We cut back to... The Vanderkamps. The Vanderkamps. And we hear... Vandercamps. Uh, Vandercamps. Sorry, Emily. Uh, and we hear, you know, a, a hymn version of mm-hmm. Michael rode the boat ashore as William is put to bed by, by his new mommy daddy. Yeah, I mean, listen, this got me. This very much got me. Yeah, this was me. tough. And this... then the the end where they say goodnight and they he points up at the mobile and it doesn't move. Because yeah. it means his powers have been neutralized. Yeah. So, but it's sad. But you you can understand where it's coming from. I mean, this was the great debate throughout the X Files. Like, could they lead a normal life? And this is like pretty clear of an answer. No. Yeah. You know, like she even had a child, took care of this child. He looks about six months old now. You know, it's been six months, and every month seems to have a life or death scenario for William. Exactly. And again, we joked about everything that he, all the gunfire and elect- explosions that he's been through. Like this kid would not be able to lead a normal existence. I'm actually really happy that they showed and didn't tell the actual act of Scully mm-hmm. giving away. Like yeah. I know they have this brief scene, right? Where she talks, she talks through, to Reyes, but yeah. we don't ne- necessarily need her like Oscar moment of her no. being like, goodbye, William. I don't th- think she's that kind of person either. She would probably need to be like very quickly 
like removed. And this was gutting anyway. I, I, I don't think I would be able to bear seeing that because I also just felt really bad for him. Like, did yeah. he, like, do you think he missed his mommy? Well, I'll tell you in our oh, yeah. recap well, of 10 and 11. Yeah, you did tell me that uh, a younger version of him does come back, right? Because we do a time jump. We do a time jump and his name is Jackson Vandekamp at mm. that point. I will also say Michael rode the boat ashore is an interest. Like I'm surprised they didn't do. Did Georgia. you did you ride ride the boat ashore, Michael? Hallelujah, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love. I liked it. It was a really good. I mean, it's it's a beautiful song. I just kind of I, I don't know. Part of me kind of wishes it was Joy to the World just to like. Oh link it yeah, back. that would be nice. But I think it's a little bit more like lullaby here. But yeah, this is his new mummy daddy. Yeah, it just made me feel sad for him, and especially you know the implication makes yeah. me feel terrible for Scully that like. She clearly loved this kid to death and this was something. You know what sucks though is like, here's the thing. I think that Scully very easily could have taken William, quit the FBI, moved to rural America, gotten a job in a flower shop, or, you know, just uh, just went off the map. You know, like if that's, if she really, I think that she could have done that and tried that, but I think that she's too in it. Especially with the Mulder stuff. With the Mulder stuff. Right. It's like the love of my life or my child, you know? Tough tough call. That's a tough call. But yeah, I mean, this is, again, sort of yeah. n- not only answering the mystery and ending the mystery of William, which we got answered a bit with the whole yeah. future Messiah thing, but now it's saying... Don't worry, there's more mystery for him. Oh, fantastic. But at least in this moment, he yes. is neutralized and in hiding, essentially, with another family. Yeah, and I think also from my perspective, it's like the William of it all. <laughs> I don't want to say it got a little rogue in this season but it was like a pretty consistent plot point in every episode we've watched so far far that was like a mythology arc episode Mm -hmm. is about William you know and it's like how much more can we dig into this sucker you know what more is there to tell about this baby with superpowers (laughs) yeah exactly so we're gonna take a quick break hey if you didn't think that the dark child stuff was over Well, guess again, because we got one more episode for you, but it's time to release in multiple ways. So we're going to be right back after this. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Let's get into release, which felt like a very different <laughs> episode to me. I was t- I was telling you this when we were watching it, that it felt much more like Law and Ordery to me or like The Mentalist, right? Well, there are a lot of episodes of The X-Files like this. We just probably didn't watch them i mean in the seasons prior to this there were episodes that were very much so like a a murder mystery law and order type of thing you know there's um a killer and a serial killer or just a regular killer he's murdered somebody scully does an autopsy there's clues in there there's you know dead dead people and uh, strings of murders and you know this is not an uncommon x-files thing but usually it ties into um you know, something supernatural in this episode, the really the only tie I can see is the schizophrenic guy. Right. That's <laughs> the thing is that the the sort of concept of it feels more to me like the concept of honestly a procedural show. Well, yeah, and that's like, what the X-Files oh, is, but with spooky shit. Right. But it's this idea of like, I almost could see a spinoff if they wanted to do one of like, here's this. Yeah, NCIS dog it. Yeah, formerly an institutionalized guy who can, I mean, sort of ghost whisperer, right? Mm-hmm. With a bit more mental illness to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what Mulder was as well. He was mm. a basically a criminal, what is it? Inve- not an investigator. Um, profiler right that was that was his, and he was, was he like was the, special, the real whiz kid about that yeah special crimes unit like all of this like real high level criminal profiling and so i think it's not an uncommon territory we definitely didn't watch these episodes because i found them i find them to be a little bit more boring but this one you know there's ties i guess so yeah, it's a ne- necessary way to yeah. uh, get some closure for both doggett and for us yeah because the main plot point of this is that there's uh, a serial killer out there and somebody has tied it back to the death of doggett's son um mainly doggett has done that and he hopes that he can finally find the killer right so let's start this is interesting we get sort of chapter titles mm-hmm. uh first up is the tip yeah and this episode is not just the tip there is more to this where dog is going to show up at like an abandoned loft yeah basically he because had, he got a tip he got a tip that there was something there and he finds a surprisingly soft wall with well, blood so he, behind it and they mentioned this later but he does hear scratching behind the wall yes. and he claws it. it's fresh plaster is what it is it's not a like gotcha. yeah so it was it's not like a fake it, wall made out of cheese or something no and so <laughs> blood begins to stream down and it's disgusting and i thought for a second this is like amityville horror like oh like this a, is what we're getting yeah. into no it's just that there was like a fresh freshly dead body yes, behind correct. the wall and that <laughs> that russell russell it was actually rats. the rats eating the body yeah because scully does an autopsy and they find uh they find that in the autopsy but basically that's immediately what happens we flash to scully's quantico class mm-hmm. looking at this dead body yeah and we're, and we're like oh this is interesting we don't spend a lot of time in quantico well the reason why is because scully has a creepy ass mm-hmm. kid in her class named rudolph hayes yeah and so he basically <laughs> she's asking everybody questions about what they see and what their deductions are and this kid just goes off he basically says um the victim hooked up with the psychotic killer at the bar um she's poor she's single she you know 
um, was eaten by rat. Like all of this, like really very specific, detailed information. Um, and it basically leads Scully to connect this murder to another murder that happened two weeks earlier um, because of the, like the knife wounds. Right. Um, but it's, it's interesting right? Yeah. because this guy goes into an entire story dramatized that's right? what i said like extreme yeah, detail he really he wanted to he, yeah. you know it's she, very creepy she hooked up with the wrong guy uh and you know he wanted to kill her with one blow but he wasn't able to yeah and so scully's like oh wow this kid's actually right on the money and, yeah and, and then so, also there's another body from last week yeah. um and this is also where dog gets like why was i given this it's not an x-file very clearly and scully's like no you should go with it you. Yeah, you never know why things fall in your lap, I guess, is what she's saying. Speaking of things falling off, uh, let's go to the field where we see a nice, crisp, maggoty arm that Rudolph Hayes so is gross. loving. Yeah, and so Monica and, and Doggett are, like, really gonna lean into this kid, Rudolph. They're gonna be like, he's clearly, like, a savant. Like, he's gonna help us here. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, they're... Uh, and he basically says, you're looking for a criminal link to organized crime. Um, And the two agents are like, okay, well... Um, there's this guy, Nicholas Regali, who's a former mobster. Um, and he, you know, they're going to sound, that name sounded familiar, but I think it's because I don't know. It sounds like a name out of pop culture. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's like a mobster name. I've heard the name Rivaldi before. And that's why. Vivaldi? Well, there's, there's Vivaldi, the four seasons. No, I don't think you're, I think you're supposed to think it's a, a mobster, but yeah, he's former mobster. And he's like, I'm looking for a job in the area. Like all this, like really sketchy stuff is going on. Um, and they basically find out through, you know, some information that Rudolph was right, that this guy is connected to these murders in some way mm-hmm. um, because he was in the area. And we should also discuss, oh, man, Rudolph Hayes is a master decorator because Disgusting. we go back to his creepy ass studio apartment where he has just covered <sighs> it floor to wall in pictures of dead bodies. Yeah. And there's a lot of them crime scene photos related to the death of Luke, of Luke Doggett. Safe to say he's not taking anyone home anytime soon because I think that's a real I don't think he has any friends at Chronico. Um, And he basically, this is really awkward because Doggett is like, I need your help solving this case. Um, You know, and I think it's linked to my son's death. And Hayes is like, yeah, I believe that this guy, Robert Harvey, was behind the kidnapping of Luke, but then Regali killed him. So Mm. he says there's two people involved. We should also mention that Doggett and Ray is initially confront Nicholas Regali, who gives like the typical yeah. mob thing of like, hey, forget about it. Yeah. I'm like, trying to drink you. You're like, please don't get involved. He also calls him Agent Dog mm-hmm. It. Like, Agent as if Dog that's, It. As if that's some sort of insult yeah. that you would I see just, on a playground. Well, I think he's like insulting him by not remembering his name. I, I guess so, but it just yeah. sounds so juvenile. Uh, it is. Yeah. So now we move on to part two Ashes, not Aww. Asher, uh, where Hayes like just creepily shows up. In the X-Files office. Like, yeah. this dude cannot do anything calmly. Well, I think he's creepily showing up, but they have basically asked him for help. Right, so. but, like, he doesn't knock or anything. No, he's just there being a weirdo. So this is where, and I'm assuming, actually, I don't know if, if we had heard the the Luke Origin story in any episodes that we didn't watch, but Doug, you, We've of, gotten tidbits. But he dramatically retells yes. it here, right? He was riding his bike around the block. His mom was counting laps, and one of those laps, he just disappeared. Yeah, which is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Stranger danger and the like. This is why I'm a helicopter parent right here. He disappeared. Uh, Hopefully, he doesn't take helicopters around the block. No. That'll be even worse. Uh, And basically, he tells the story about how he disappeared for two days, and then his body was eventually found. Yeah, and it's also really sad because we're going to meet Barbara Doggett here, and she's basically... 
Um, poor, yeah, poor Barbara Doggett. I or mean, I their guess marriage no, fell Barbara, apart. Barbara not Doggett, because I believe she's his ex-wife. No, she is his ex-wife, but I think that it's still her last name. Um, but yeah, she... She, they're not divorced because they didn't love each other. They're divorced because their son was kidnapped and murdered and it really like they couldn't recover from it. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but yeah, Doggett is going to ask uh, Brad for help here. Yeah. So here comes Brad. From what Spencer told me, this is Brad's last episode. Understandable, given what he does at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, but basically, Doggett is going to because Brad remember, was in New York at the time. Yeah, remember, you know, this is what he knows Monica from. This is when they were knocking boots back in the day. Mm-hmm. Basically says... Do you know anything about Regali? Uh, you know, basically, hey, can you find out anything about if he was if he was in cahoots at all with Bob Harvey? Yeah, and Brad is basically brushing him off here. He's like, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known that. And Doggett's like, please just do whatever you can. So Doggett is really pursuing this yeah. trail like a dog with a bone. Uh, and Reyes is the one to sort of step in as yeah. the skeptic here. This is a really big Doggett and Reyes episode, which mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't seen. Yeah, you haven't really nine. seen a lot of it. Seems like they've really sort of piped in Scully uh, really throughout a lot of season nine here. But Reyes is the one to really, again, it, it really tracks back to like the Samantha stuff, right? Of She's the Scully trying to keep his mind yep. in the logical sense. You know, Doggett is saying, oh, we tracked credit card information and Regali had gassed up his car two miles from he my house. He was in the area. And she's like, but everyone's in Long Island. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not out of the ordinary that he would be from New York and be in Long Island. Um, and then also Scully basically says she finds similarities between the two dead bodies and Luke, but like no forensic proof. So there's like not a lot to go on here. And even his wife, they bring her in for a lineup and she doesn't recognize Regali or anyone else in the lineup. Something we should note, though, from Barbara coming in for the first time is she meets Scully mm-hmm. and she has this comment to Scully noting you know uh doggett could really have something with reyes if he Mm -hmm. just let her in i will be honest i did not see that Uh, (laughs) i think that you are unfortunately not um not like privy to a lot of their relationship because you haven't seen most of the season nine i also have bad ship dar this has become clear on my coverage of the legend of vox machina i just don't i you don't see it you're um a very (laughs) you're like such a boy about it i'm I'm very chaste when it comes to no you're not chaste this is like when i ask you to find something and it's literally right in front of you and you're like i don't see it i don't see it and i'm like and I have to get up and I have to come over and I have to like aggressively snatch it because I'm like, don't say this. Yeah. I approach, you know, fictional relationships like I do looking. I think for you do. I, I, I think you're very, you're wide, you're wide focus. You're macro focused. I'm very macro. So, um, yeah. I, I love macros, but yeah, they do have some, like some conversations in previous episodes and some sort of like hints that they are like a little bit flirty, flirty in like their own way. Mm. Um, more that like, she really cares about him and he really cares about her, not in any sort of like weird sexual way, but yeah, I guess what I'm, I guess if I'm mapping it onto the proto Mulder and Scully again, like the Mulder and Scully mm-hmm. stuff, we had gotten hints of it in the first couple of seasons, but they really revved up the gas. I haven't even started the car when it comes to Doggett and Reyes. Well, yeah, I mean, there's only one season of them, really. And I think also even in this season, it's Doggett that's like totally closed off. He's just like not having it. He's work, 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 you know. In America, work. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now it's time for the final segment. All right. Sorry. It's penultimate segment. Yes. A message. Mm-hmm. Not a massage, which no, they might need massage. at this point. They're very tightly wound. Uh, this is where we begin to see 
Hayes's quote unquote power come into effect, right? Yeah. He's like concentrating really hard on his death wall and like he has like a little twitchy moment. <laughs> yeah. But we're led to believe again that this is not a supernatural connection. This is just I think you're meant to think that it might be here, that he's having visions and that's how he's being able to be like a criminal profiler in such a good way. And but... do you think that causes the schizophrenia or do you think it's not associated? I don't know that it's visions. I think that it just makes him like super attuned to detail. Mm -hmm. And he's obsessive. He even says that because he's schizophrenic. He's obsessive. And that's why he's so involved in this. So Doggett, you know, basically is now under the belief that Regali is the one behind it. But like he's bribing someone to essentially keep keep the trail clean. He comes to like understand that like Regali has help from someone within the FBI. Um and, you know, he's had it all along. And Reyes is like, I think it's Brad because she saw when they were in New York, him taking bribes from a mobster at a bar. And he basically, when they confront him, he's like, oh, I actually was giving money to an informer. Um, also, FYI, this guy, Rudolph Hayes, is actually a guy called Stuart Mims and that he was a mental patient. Um, in New York during the year of Luke's murder. Right. So now Brad is like uh, pinning actually, it on this guy. Actually, it might be this guy. And you think initially like, yeah, good guy, Brad. You know, we saw him at the end of Providence. Like, seems yeah. like he's really turning over a new league. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and we find out, you know, they, they basically. Uh, yeah, the they SWAT, arrest this guy. The SWAT team busts in. Uh, but we do know that all the photos are gone. So maybe mm-hmm. he, I mean, he said he could see the future a bit. So like maybe he foresaw that the, the planes maybe. were circling for him. Yeah, he's also like, he's, um identified by Barbara which is a little strange but I guess like she saw him in the area you know right that's what they talk about right that like it, he was hanging about because he was sort of obsessed, obsessed with, with case, Luke so. yeah but meanwhile it turns out that Brad Brad indeed was the one who mm-hmm. was in cahoots with Regali they have a secret meeting and we find out basically that Regali is sort of blackmailing he's Brad, bl- he's blackmailing Brad-mailing him yeah he's blackmailing Brad um, but he denies any involvement with Luke Doggett's death. So, yeah, you know, he's like, hey, even I don't go that far. Right. And so Brad's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And Regali's like, well, I will expose you if you do. Um, you and know, again, <laughs> like this would play much more to me if this guy had shown up anywhere on the X-Files beforehand instead of just this one-off blackmailing mm-hmm. New Yorker guy. Yeah. And so he basically... I, this is like all a little confusing because at this point Scully meets with formerly Rudolph, currently Mims. Rudolph the Red Nose. <laughs> yeah, currently Stuart. And he basically says that um, he noticed the case of Luke Doggett when he read it in a newspaper and that he lied about his name so he could help solve the case. And at the end, he basically claims that Regali's the real murderer and not him. And he's just a schizophrenic who became obsessed with the case. Right. So it's it's really this whole thing that we get in a lot of like crime movies, right? Mm-hmm. It's him. No, it's him. No, it's him. No, it's him. Like you're being fooled the entire time. Yeah. Um, and so Doggett is going to meet with Regali, right? Like badge off. He mm-hmm. just wants to meet person to person. And so Regali may be a bit riding high on his conversation with Brad Dizzy, yeah. quote unquote, hypothetical. Say there was this guy. Businessman. There, say there was this man named Bob Harvey who really liked to diddle little kids. Mm-hmm. And there was this little boy named Luke who was a real nice cut of meat. Mm-hmm. And so he took him back home to do nasty things. And this businessman, aka probably a noted mobster, happens to walk in. Luke sees his face 
And the one thing to take away is not the incredibly dark thing that would be done to that boy, but that he essentially was in the wrong place at the wrong yeah, time. Yeah, somebody saw it. his face, this this mobster's face, and he couldn't he couldn't live. So he they had, had to kill whacked. this little boy. And then Regali starts to walk away, and Doggett draws his gun on him. But behind him, Brad is standing and shoots Regali and kills him. So he's probably going to jail, right? Yeah, I mean, who cares, though? I mean, it, it like Regali <laughs> says, right? Like, oh... You know, uh, if you kill me now, like it could be self-defense. But like there was a woman standing there being like, he just shot him. Like he has absolutely no defense and anything that he would provide just incriminates him. So I guess it's it's Brad, you know, basically putting himself in prison for life as opposed to living under the thumb of this man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's tough. Like, do we think is this like a quote unquote good ending for him because he killed a bad guy? Is it just more of the the same for Brad? I don't I honestly don't care. I think that he was trying to hide. I don't think that he was doing anything in, for the good of mankind. I think he didn't want Regali to blackmail him, so he killed him. Right, but it's this idea of like he ends up. I killing, guess he did kill know, a bad guy. The, but... If a bad guy kills a bad guy, you know. Yeah. But the the fact of the matter is, again, it wasn't done surreptitiously. I think it easily could have been. I think this yeah. is Brad like seeing red pursuing his own motives yeah. for revenge a la Jeffrey Spender. And so, what we can assume the story is is that Regali walked in on whatever pedophile had taken Luke Mm -hmm. and killed Luke because he didn't want anyone to tell, he didn't want Luke to say anything about him. Oh, I didn't even realize that Regali was the businessman. I think, I think that's the case, but I don't, again, like it doesn't, I thought it was like unnamed mobster. It might be, it might be that too, but like either way, this guy knew about it and didn't do it. You know, it's all really suspicious. So, well, he's dead either way. And Brad is off the series and probably off to Mm -hmm. a penitentiary. And finally, we get like a skosh of a fourth segment, of course, appropriately titled release, where finally feeling closure behind who did it and why and what happened, you know, for nearly a decade at this point, the doggets go Mm -hmm. to the beach and they they release a big box of his ashes, which they have been interesting that, you know, they've been keeping it the entire time, assumingly, I guess, waiting until they got some information. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Doggett talks about it a lot in the seasons or in the season that we don't, you know, see a lot that he is something is still bothering about this. They still don't know what happened. He will find out like he's obsessed, you know, mm-hmm. and which I would be too. Yeah. And so it ends with, you know, Doggett again, it's very bittersweet in that, like you mm-hmm. said, one of his obsessions is checked off. It's much like when Mulder found out about Samantha, yeah. right? With the stardust yeah. that it's mixed emotions because on the one hand, big check off the to-do list on the other hand it does drudge up some terrible emotions over a very incredibly traumatic part of your life yeah and so reyes you know has a really nice hug with doggett platonically uh but it's it's really sweet and doggett is very clearly torn up about having to like well apparently robert patrick had a really hard time filming this and feels like he did a good job but as in like he didn't he was it was tough the material was tough yeah yeah which it is yeah i mean it's it's gotta be you can't imagine a worse scenario in your life and especially like not only almost like reopening that wound in a manner of speaking Right. right and how do you portray that in a way that's respectful and also you know meaningful and not cheesy you know there's a lot of layers i imagine as an actor as also a lot of layers that they were probably wearing mm-hmm. on that beach because it did not look very warm. No, it did not. All right. So there we are. Two major mysteries solved uh, lingering from the X-Files season nine with lots of, you know, trauma around children to boot. There were a lot of, lot of spooks going on here. So I'm going to name uh, my two here. I got to go with Jeffrey Spender slash, yeah. you know, the burning, great Mutato. burning man. 
uh, for William. And I, you gotta go with Stuart Mims mm-hmm. or whatever his name is because the dude was maybe one of the biggest spooks in terms of just acting yeah, like a complete creepo depot. Real weirdo. <laughs> all right. So next week, it it all ends. Again, at least this first run, we are going to be talking about the final two episodes of, of season nine. Of season nine. So, and there are two very, very weird different episodes. Very different episodes. A little, little bit of sweet, a little bit of salty, I guess, in a manner of speaking. Mm-hmm. Episode 18 of season nine, Sunshine Days, and then the two-part finale, The Truth. And you have a properly you know set up the runway here for me angela to don't get your hopes up don't get my hopes up Mulder's coming back i know that but yes. i'm not expecting any sort of big answers no. and sunshine day sounds like it's just gonna be a random romp into brady bunch it darkness. is yeah it's truly wild and just like a very strange monster of the week episode to put right before the um before the uh the end of the season and then the series like it's wild it, was, um, do you think it was just a matter of like because when you plan out the season, I could easily see Yeah, like, see let's how just throw a romp in there before yeah. the finale. Because otherwise, I could easily see how you do, like, you know, Jump the Shark, William, release, and then the truth, right? Yeah. Just be like, bing, bing, boom. But and if- this is also Vince Gilligan's last writing credit and directing for the X-Files, so it's, like, a little bit of, like, a, I don't know. It's like, hey, you can do one final one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. It got 10.33 million viewers. I think that there were a lot of people watching um, this last season just to see how it ends. Yeah, I believe Spencer actually said that there was, with these this last group of episodes, there were advertisements basically advertising the X-Files endgame. Yeah. I believe is the actual marketing that they yeah. used basically saying, like, you don't want to miss the last three episodes of the X-Files. Well, yeah, so this was marketed also as the last Monster of the Week episode. So okay. it's like, it, this is the last Monster of the Week episode, and then there'll be a final arc episode. <laughs> Imagine if the finale was just a Monster of the Week episode. That's what I'm saying. Like, it couldn't be, you know? <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're going to get into it. Uh, The end of an era, truly. We're still talking about what we're going to do afterwards, uh, but... You know, we'll we'll talk about it more next week, but we're guaranteed next week to at least talk about the last two episodes of The X-Files Season mm-hmm. 9. But if you want to hear us talk more, uh, specifically more about shows that happen to involve bad things happening to kids this particular week, we just finished our coverage of The Witcher Season 2, which is a very fun fantasy show. We're going to be doing one wrap-up show for Season 2 and looking forward to Season 3 and beyond this coming week, uh, but happy to be finishing that up as well. If you have any thoughts that you want to send to us about these last two episodes or the X-Files in general, Bloomfiles at postshowrecaps.com, X-Files at postshowrecaps.com. We're almost there, Angela. Yeah. Exciting stuff. And I've been I've been holding it the entire time. I haven't gone to the bathroom for over a year on this car trip. But oh, now geez. I'm finally ready Probably to stop off at the rest stop. Pretty strong UTI. Well, once we got to like season seven, I'm like, well, I think we're almost there. So like, I, th- mm. I think I can wait it out. And then I just kept adding episodes, adding episodes. Didn't help that we kept saying the word release over the course of this podcast. <laughs> well, All let's right. release ourselves to uh, the ether. Yes. Let's shed our bodies and have our little light bulbs just drift off into, I'll take the, it. into the stream of consciousness that is our mortal plane. So that's going to do it for this week on the Bloom Files. Again, next week, Sunshine Days and The Truth closing out run number one of the X-Files. Special thanks to Corey B for his theme song, which you're hearing at this moment. Thank you all so much for listening. Until next week, case closed.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.